Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over my week number three quarterback start or sit decisions for every single matchup for the week. We are going to start with Thursday night football and go all the way up until the Monday night football doubleheader of games and tell you whether I like or dislike the quarterbacks in every single matchup. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you would like to check out my weekly rankings, as well as get any of your questions answered guaranteed, check out my Patreon link in the video description or the pinned comment for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number three, quarterback start or sit decisions. We begin with Thursday Night Football, an electrifying matchup between the New York Football Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. For the 49ers, big cock Brock Purdy is going to be a start for me. Now, Brandon Ayuk is likely to be a game-time decision for this matchup, obviously, for Brock Purdy to really hit his peak to climb to Mount Everest, Mount Vesuvius. You probably want Ayuk to be there, but... This is still a strong matchup up against a Giants defense that doesn't look very good. So even without Ayuk, Brock Purdy still has Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Jawan Jennings, right? There is still a whole lot of talent on this 49ers roster for Brock Purdy to throw the ball to. And while Brock Purdy didn't have all that fantastic of a showing up against the Rams, I think Brock Purdy is going to fix a lot of what he messed up in that game, right? There was a lot of situations in that game where a receiver would be relatively open and Brock Purdy just missed him, right? He would throw the ball not directly to him and he probably wanted a couple of throws back in that game. Now, they do end up beating the LA Rams in relatively easy fashion, so, you know, no harm, no foul, but for fantasy, it definitely could have been a much bigger day for Brock Purdy. I think he gets right in this game, even if Ayuk does end up missing up against a not-so-hot Giants defense. Now, for the Giants, Daniel Jones is a sit for me, but he is incredibly close to being a start. A big worry for me is that without Saquon Barkley, this offense is going to struggle in a big way. Going from Saquon Barkley to Matt Burita is going to really sink the run game here, especially up against such a strong defense like the 49ers. And if they're not able to run the ball, which is a key component in the Giants offense, I just don't really think Daniel Jones is that prolific of a passer like he's going to be able to pull off a huge performance, especially with the wide receiver skill that they have. Now they have Hodgins, they have Slayton, they have these guys, Sterling Shepard, that are good players. Sure, and it is the best receiver core Daniel Jones has really ever played with, with Darren Waller as well, but I just feel as though this 49ers defense is legit. I know up against the Rams last week, they didn't look that great, but my reasoning for that is that it was a division rivalry game, right? A lot of the times, even these great teams, Super Bowl contenders like the 49ers will struggle up against teams in their division. For instance, week one, Aaron Rodgers goes down for the Jets and Josh Allen turns into Helen fucking Keller in the pocket, throwing a million interceptions, right? Division rivalry games can be tough even for these great teams. So I think the 49ers defense hops back on the saddle and plays well against Daniel Jones. Jones, but he has so much rushing upside that it is close 
for him being a start. I don't see him having as good of a performance as he had up against the Cardinals. Could he finish as like the quarterback 15? Yes, but he doesn't crack the top 18, which is the category you have to be in to be a start for me on the week. But again, he is very close to being that. We move now to the Sunday slate, beginning with the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Anthony Richardson has looked very good through his first two games of his rookie season. He got banged up in both of those games. But right now, my assumption is that he does end up playing. Of course, if he doesn't play and Gardner Minshew is under center, then the Colts offense is going to definitely struggle some more. I don't necessarily think Gardner Minshew is some fucking garbage can quarterback. But against the Ravens defense, you're not going to be clamoring, running to the to the waiver wire to pick up Gardner Minshew and start him, right? You're going to find someone else on the waiver wire to replace Anthony Richardson if you have him. Again, assuming he plays, though, with that rushing upside with Michael Pittman Jr. looking as good as he's been looking. And again, that rushing upside is just so incredible for Anthony Richardson. He's a must-start every single week. I know in week one, I was a little bit more cautious to start him. I did bang the drum for him all offseason as a guy you need to target with that crazy rushing upside. And he balled out week one, was looking really good in week two until he ended up getting hurt. So week three should be a great game for him, assuming that he is able to play even up against the Ravens defense. Lamar Jackson is going to be a start. He's a start every single fucking week, right? You don't even have to think twice about it. He bounced back after a sluggish week one performance. Obviously, they beat the Texans in week one, but Lamar Jackson wasn't really the reason for that. The defense played good. The run game was good, but Lamar didn't really look like himself. Week two plays a little bit better. I'm still very confident in Lamar Jackson, the player, as a top five fantasy football quarterback. The Colts defense, a little sneaky good, but ultimately, I think Lamar Jackson should have no issue with the wide receiver quarter that he has. Even if Odell doesn't end up playing, Lamar is going to be just fine. Moving to game number three here, we got the Le Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Now, Ryan Tannehill definitely looked a lot better in week two compared to week number one. Up against the Saints defense, this guy was seeing good ghosts in week one like his name was mono man sam darnold but week two up against the chargers i'm gonna be honest with you ryan Tannehill looked a little surgical 20 of 24 so 20 completions on 24 pass attempts that's really fucking good for almost 250 yards 246 yards two touchdowns no interceptions the browns defense though does look really good now could the fact that kenny pickett might suck donkey cock be inflating my opinion of the Browns defense maybe maybe not but Ryan Tannehill is really only a spot start in like the best of matchups because this is already a very run heavy team this is a team that's offensive line might get Ryan Tannehill assassinated like his name was Mussolini behind the offensive line so Ryan Tannehill is a sit for me up against what I believe to be a very strong defense in the Browns Deshaun Watson's a start but I'm going to be honest with you, this man looked really bad on Monday Night Football. Week one, I was starting to feel like, okay, you know what? Maybe last season was Fugazi. Maybe he was dealing with a lot. He had a lot on his mind. Sucked last year, but maybe he's back, right? You see him score. It's the fucking guitar celebration in the end zone. It's like, okay. Deshaun Watson might not be the best guy ever, but he's looking good for fantasy. And then week two on prime time with America watching, this man slaps me with a backhand like his name was Will Smith. I'm kind of worried about Watson, if I'm being honest. Titans defense, another defense that might be a little sneaky good. 
So am I fully confident in Deshaun Watson this week? No, if I had other options, I'd probably start them ahead of Watson, but I don't think it's time to cut bait yet on Deshaun Watson. He does have a great receiver core. Seems like he was starting to put things together in week one, slumped in week two up against the Steelers defense. So again, I'm, I'm nervous. Not as confident as I was entering into the season, but it's not time to fully panic just yet on Watson, but I'm starting to panic a little bit. Moving to the next game here, the Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff has been reliable through the first two weeks of the season. He played a big role in that game up against the Seattle Seahawks. A rock'em, sock'em, robots match. Both teams firing back and forth like back in the day when the United States fought up against England and you know how they used to just stand in a line with their muskets, shoot each other and then, you know, people would die and then they fucking shoot back and then you reload and while you're reloading, you're getting shot at, right? Everyone's seen the Patriots. That's how things used to go. That was what the Lions versus the Seahawks was not a lot of defense played in that game. So this one could be a higher scoring affair. I think the, I've said this about a bunch of teams, but I do think the Falcons defense also a little sneaky good, but uh, the Goffinator Jared Goff is a guy that I'm starting pretty much every single week. It would take a really tough matchup with the weapons that Goff has. Again, they're not necessarily the best, but Goff's been making the best of it with Amon Ra St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, Sam Laporta, and maybe my boy Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is going to play a lot bigger role in week three, especially if David Montgomery can't go. Based upon how that injury looks, I don't think David Montgomery is going to be playing this week. Desmond Ritter. Now, he was the quarterback 10 last week up against the Green Bay Packers, but he had double the amount of pass attempts as he did in week one. So Ritter looked not terrible. But what I my note on Desmond Ritter is basically a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? We know this Arthur Smith offense deep down just wants to pound the fuck out of the rock. America runs on Duncan. Arthur Smith's Falcons offense runs on running the rock. So again, could Desmond Ritter show up a couple times this season as a top 10 quarterback? I think so, because this Falcons offense is actually really good. The problem is it is just so heavily reliant on the run that even up against a defense like the Lions that is kind of so-so, I don't expect Ritter to throw it. 30 plus times to be good enough to start fantasy. Ritter's just an all right quarterback. He's got the great weapons to do it for him. But are you ever really going to be like, I want to start Desmond Ritter this week? The answer would be no. Maybe in best ball, if you had him, you'd be like, hooray. A couple times this season, he's going to be a top 10 guy if he continues to hold on to that job, which I think he will. But in redraft, are you ever going to be like, okay, I need to start Ritter this week? Even in two quarterback super flex leagues, you're like kind of shitting bricks if you got Ritter in your lineup. Next up, we move to the New Orleans Saints at the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love has thrown three touchdowns two weeks in a row. So three touchdowns week one, three tugs in week number two. Now, this is not a perfect matchup up against the Saints because that Saints defense has looked good. The thing is with the Saints is they played up against the Titans and they played up against the Panthers. So not the most stout opponents, right? They're not going up against the fucking mountain from Game of Thrones, right? They're going up against these little pipsqueak offenses, right? Like Tyrion Lannister. So while I do think the Saints defense is good, they could potentially be on fraudulent watch, right? Like now they go up against the Packers and the Cheeseheads 
and maybe they Cleveland steamer all over him. Now, the health of Christian Watson still up in the air. The health of his teammate, A.A. Ron Jones, also up in the air. Both of those guys help out Jordan Love mightily. So Jordan Love's a start, but again, he's just over the hump of being a start, right? Like Wilson in that show with Tim, the tool man, you know, where he's like up against the fence. He's peeking over the fence, right? That is what Love is doing. So Love's one of those guys, love me tender, love me sweet, where if you're like, Nick, I'd rather play Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic over Jordan Love. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's crazy. I'd be like, okay, I get it. Because again, if that Saints defense is too legit to quit, then maybe Jordan Love doesn't end up having that big of a game. Derek Carr, you disgusting fucker. Derek Carr. Quarterback 33 in week two. There's 32 NFL teams. And he was the quarterback 33 against the Panthers. I can only fathom starting Carr in good matchups, right? Where it's like, okay, this guy's going up against a defense that couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed or couldn't stop Zach Wilson. So let me throw him out there. But uh, Derek Carr again, I'm trying not to shit too hard on Derek Carr because he's competent enough to with this really soft schedule for the Saints to make the playoffs. And I'm actually a Derek Carr guy. But based upon what I've seen the first two weeks, things aren't looking too positive for Carr. And they also keep throwing Taysom Hill into the game, which adds even more confusion to wanting to start Derek Carr. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Whether you are new to the channel or not, hit that like button. Smash that fucking like button like it owes you some money. Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, C.J. Stroud, quarterback of the Texans, rookie out of the Ohio State University, has looked really good. He really has. And I think in some matchups, Stroud's going to end up being pretty good. And we've already seen that this season. The problem is, this offensive line is a total liability. Right? That could end up being the downfall of C.J. Stroud winning potentially Rookie of the Year. Now, I think right now, based upon what I've watched this season, again, we're only... This is week three. We've seen two weeks of games, right? I'm not here to fucking say I know exactly what's going to happen the rest of the season. But rookie of the year is more than likely either going to be one if they stay healthy. Knock on wood. We don't root for injuries. Bijan Robinson or Anthony Richardson. It's going to be one of those two guys, in my opinion, basically locked in. Maybe Jordan Addison just keeps balling in Minnesota and he wins it. But feels like normally they give it to a quarterback. So it'll probably be Richardson. But... Stroud looks good. It's just the offensive line is a sieve. They're down bad, down astronomical. They might end up getting C.J. Stroud leveled 50 times this game. But Stroud will be able to, uh, Stroud will be able to uh, route, route, get rowdy, I guess. I was trying to make like some type of joke, Stroud, rowdy, but it doesn't even rhyme like I thought it would. I'm not Eminem. Can't rhyme orange with door hinge. So C.J. Stroud looks good, but I, I just can't start him. Because it feels like there's going to be these huge games out of him. And then there's going to be not-so-huge games where he's just getting butt-fucked behind the offensive line. And that could happen up against the Jaguars' defense. Next up, we move to my favorite game of the week, obviously, as a Miami Dolphin fan. The Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins in Hard Rock Stadium. And I think Tua Tungavailoa is going to end up giving fantasy owners a hard cock after this game. I think Tua Tungavailoa is going to take things very personal here. Like Michael Jordan, when he hits the guy with the fuck 
fuck you bitch in that Netflix documentary. Sean Payton was yapping, talking all of this stuff about how Tua last year is going to get benched for Teddy Bridgewater, not for an injury, but because he sucks so bad. Shocking, because there's a lot of similarities between Tua and Sean Payton's boy, Drew Brees, but, you know, he was slinging stuff at him, you know, talking down on Tua. Tua takes it personally. Tua had a down game against New England, but I told you guys last week, I didn't think that was going to be the biggest of game. He was coming off of a huge game up against the Chargers. I think this is a bounce-back spot for Uno, Tua, Tungavailoa. The Broncos' defense on fraudulent alert, not really looking the best up against Sam Howell and the Commanders last week in the second half, especially Tua must start. Hopefully, Jalen Waddle away. Waddle Waddle is able to clear concussion protocol to play in this game. Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson was balling against the Commanders, but he did get a little lucky with those deep throws. He was deep throating that command pause. The Commanders defense was deep throating Russell Wilson, but a little different with this Dolphins defense. Week one, they were terrible. Week two, they really fixed things against Mac Jones. This Broncos team just... I thought maybe Sean Payton would turn things around. This is looking grim for the Broncos. Might be an 0-3 start for Sean Payton and friends in mile high. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings, but before we break this game down, as well as the rest of the games on the slate at the quarterback position, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the NFL in the whole entire universe, and Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you. Whether you are new to Underdog Fantasy or not, you can take advantage of this. They have on Thursday Night Football, Giants at the 49ers, Daniel Jones higher than half of a total yard. As long as he gets half of a total yard, which is just one yard, right? Very simple. And then you can mix that with any other Pick'em selection here. So right now, all they got up for Thursday Night Football, I'm recording this on Monday night, so not everything is out yet. We can go with higher Brock Purdy than 229.5 passing yards. If those two hit, you will get three times your entry fee if you want to add some more pieces to this pick them. If you add three pieces, it's six times, four is 10 times, and five is 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy and you are in one of these states that are on your screen right now, use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they'll give you an additional $100. If you do 50 additional 50 25 additional 25 minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER back on into things chargers at the minnesota vikings and this game reeks of fantasy points right justin herbert the pervert has two solid games in a row the minnesota vikings defense is as soft as baby shit and things are looking like a shootout, a back-and-forth rock'em, sock'em, robots match. I just punched. It didn't look good. But again, it's because I'm stuck in this box here like a fucking mime. Try to get the visuals on the screen, but there's not enough visuals for me to punch correctly. And I just look like an idiot. So Vikings defense, bad. Herbert, good. Justin Herbert could be the quarterback one on the week. Now, not having Eckler might be, it not might be, it does hurt Herbert because of how much he dumps the ball off to Eckler. Joshua Kelly looks like a fucking person with his head cut off trying to run the rock when Eckler doesn't soften the defense up. So, Herbert, 
going to be fine. He's going to have a good game. He's probably going to have a huge game, potentially. But not having Eckler does limit him in some fashion. I think that not having Eckler definitely hurts when Eckler is like Justin Herbert's favorite target besides Keenan Allen. Kirk O'Chains, Kirk Cousins, he beat the primetime Kirk Cousins allegations last week. I was so sure, even with the Eagles defensive players banged up, that Kirk O'Chains was going to go out there in prime time and shit the bed in a big way. I was so sure of it. Every time I've had Kirk Cousins in the past, I have talked myself into prime time Kirk Cousins is fugazi. It's fake. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's a fucking narrative that is wrong. Every time I played him, he would fail, swing, and miss. Well, last week, it seems like there's a brand new reinvigorated Kirk Cousins. You like that. Two good games in a row, two great games in a row, and he's must-start at this point. Again, Chargers versus Vikings could be a fucking home-run slugfest here, and I want to be starting both Herbert and Cousins. Herbert, I think, could be the QB1. Cousins could be a, a top-three quarterback in this spot. I really love this game environment. Speaking of game environments that I love, we actually have the opposite of that. The Patriots at the New York Jumbo Jets in Gotham met life. Now, Mac Jones, everyone was getting down on their knees and giving Mac Jones the gawk gawk 9,000. They were slurping him up. And man, oh man, just for him to let you down, right? Now, the Jets have one of the best defenses in the league. I know, Nick, the Cowboys just bent him over a table and didn't even use the common courtesy to use lube, Nick. Uh, did you even watch the game, you fucking idiot? Sauce Gardner got carved up like the Thanksgiving turkey. Sure. CeeDee Lamb went bananas. I know. I know. But there's levels to this stuff. There's the Cowboys offense, and then there's the Patriots offense, right? The Patriots offense doesn't really have that many playmakers. Their best fucking receiver is Kendrick Bourne. How many teams would Kendrick Bourne be the number one receiver on? Like two? And one of them is the Patriots. So, again, I love to slander Mac Jones because I think it's fun because all these Patriots fans say Mac's better than Tua. But again, we're talking fantasy here, right? Not my fandom of the Dolphins. Mac Jones is fine in certain spots. He's going to get it done. He's going to get it wet. But against the Jets' defense... No bueno for Mac Jones. Zach Wilson. Now, again, just like I was kind of talking about, I shit on Mac Jones a ton. I do. I do. Like the Post Malone song. But Zach Wilson is significantly worse. I genuinely think if your life depended on Zach Wilson completing 50% or more of his passes up against the Patriots defense, you might as well Call up your family right now and tell them you love them. Sorry, but I'm fucked because I got zit. My life depends on Zach Wilson, right? You're finished. You might as well figure out which coffin you want to be in, where you should be in the graveyard, right? Because Zach Wilson is awful. He really is. He can make these throws that are so easy, wide open, look like you're trying to fit the ball into a fucking keyhole from 100 yards away, right? Zach Wilson is a certified bum, a certified bust. The only thing Zach Wilson is good at is having intercourse with older women. So Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, the most boring game of the week. They are both 
sits. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills at the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders? The Washington Commanders. Now, under Eric Bieniemy, I've said this a bunch. Nick, you sound like a broken record at this point. You talk about Eric Bieniemy so much. Why don't you zip his pants off after you're done sucking it, you motherfucker? Right? I've been talking up Eric Bieniemy a ton. Chiefs offense hasn't been as good without Bieniemy, and Bieniemy has turned this commander's offense 180 around. Sam Howell has had back-to-back Michael Jordan 96-97 top 14 quarterback performances. And I don't even love the Bills' defense, right? I don't really think the Bills have one of the better defenses in the NFL. We saw Zach Wilson, who we just shit all over, play well against that defense in prime time that first game when Rodgers went down. But... In a one-quarterback league, I don't want to start Sam Howell. Like, this could be a higher-scoring game, but I would rather just, you know, hold Howell on the bench, back-to-back top 14 performances, just, just sit him out for a week, you know, and then, bam, you can throw him back in next week. If he's your quarterback, too, or you're in a super flex league or in a two-quarterback league, then, yeah, there are far worse options than Sam Howell out there, right? There's some poor fuck that's got to start Desmond Ritter as their QB, too, right? But in a one-quarterback league, I don't really want to start Howell. Now, again, Howell's kind of in the same conversation as, like, Jordan Love and Daniel Jones, right? If you want to start Sam Howell over those guys, then go ahead, right? They're in a very similar range. Next up, we move to the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. Again, if you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Panthers at Seahawks. Now, Bryce Young, you can see the greatness in Bryce Young. Now, I'm not trying to give fellatio to this guy because obviously he hasn't looked the greatest in the NFL, but I really think he's got it. He has it. Might be a little short, but I think he's got it. Once this man gets the real weapons, he could be dangerous, right? Like Russell Wilson. So dangerous. Don't try the danger witch. It's a little bit spicy. If you guys remember that shit from last year. But right now he's a sit uh, up against a pretty meh, pretty eh Seahawks defense. Yet to crack top 20 quarterbacks in fantasy. Just get him some real weapons that aren't named Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Do, 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 baby Chark. Geno Smith after a horrid week one. I mean, the Seahawks offense was limp dick in week number one up against the Rams, right? God-awful game out of him. The whole Seahawks offense, though, did come correct in Week 2 up against the Lions. Huge win for the team. Tyler Lockett in my pocket. Skirt scored the game-winning touchdown. He's a start-worthy quarterback, definitely against a suspect Panthers defense. He's probably a start-worthy quarterback basically every single week due to how many weapons they have in Seattle. Is he like a top-12 option most weeks? Probably not, but I think up against the Panthers defense, he could definitely finish inside the top-12 this week, assuming that DK Metcalf is good to go. Next up, we move to the Dallas Cowboys at the Arizona Cardinals. This is one where we don't need a really crazy breakdown. Joshua Dobbs was fucking cooking. Bro was looking like Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen, Ratatouille in the hat of that ginger guy in the Ratatouille film, right? Cooking up five-star Michelin meals. But while he was the quarterback five last week, Is he going to do that against the Cowboys defense? Fuck no, baby, against one of the best defenses. On paper, they look like the best defense in the NFL. Now, they haven't been facing these uh, tough offenses, but it's not like the Cardinals are a tough offense. They're the Cardinals without Kyler. So again, I'll give Josh Dobbs his flowers. He looked better than I thought he ever would, right? Fantastic performance. Shout out to Josh Dobbs. But uh, definitely not playing him against the Cowboys. 
Dak has looked good against the Jets, but he was the quarterback 17 on the week. He's got a much easier matchup against the Cardinals, so I'm definitely starting him. He's a must-start quarterback, but I don't think the Cardinals will let this one get out of hand like the Giants did, where it was a 40 skunk, right? 40 to zero in week one, right? I feel like the Cardinals will at least be close in the game where they can throw where Dak can throw the ball a bunch. But if the Cowboys keep putting teams out early like this, Dak might not end up being a top 12 quarterback at the end of the season because he's not getting a lot of opportunity late where they're just running with Rico Dowdle, Tony Pollard, and Deuce Vaughn late in the game. Next up, we got the Chicago, Chicago Bears at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Justin Fields, man, Justin Fields. This is a guy that I was banging the drum for all offseason. I was talking up Justin Fields. I was like, you know what? First half of last season, he might have been terrible. But the team, they Eberflus, they figured it out. Right? They got him playing the nice fucking, uh, whatever that thing is called, like the Pied Piper. You know what I'm talking about, right? Middle out, compression. And it was looking good, right? Oh my gosh, they figured it out. You know, after that Commanders game, that was a disaster on prime time. I don't remember if that was Thursday night. I think it was Thursday night. Everyone remembers, or I hope you remember that one, Fields versus the Commanders, like a, just a disaster-filled, awful game, one of the worst games of last season. Right after that, though, it was like, holy shit, Justin Fields is running all over these teams. Things haven't been great for Fields, though. It, he looks like the beginning of last season. It feels like someone, or Fields himself, thinks to get paid in the league, I need to... I need to start being a prolific pocket passer. And he's like waiting in the pocket for too long. That offensive line is folding like the tables that the drunk Bills fans light on fire and jump through at Bills Mafia tailgates, right? It is bad. I thought going into the season, they fixed it. They patched it up. It didn't work. They need Handy Mandy or Bob the Builder to go fix that shit because it's bad. Fields has yet to finish inside the top 12. He needs to stop sitting in the pocket, waiting for someone to become wide open. Because guess what? Besides DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney isn't going to do that. Chase fucking Claypool, TikTok boy, isn't going to do that. Cole Komet is not going to do that. You have to throw the ball when they're not wide open, like at The Ohio State University. And what he also needs to do is stop sitting in the pocket like the Statue of Goddamn Liberty and just run. Stop trying to get cute. You're playing against the Chiefs. This game could be the Rock'em Soccer Robots matchup. This could be a high-scoring game if Justin Fields just stops doing what he's been doing and just turns. He's thinking too much. That's another thing. I think he's sitting back there thinking about it too much, right? Just play fucking football, man, like you did last year. Justin, I know you're watching this. You love my videos 100%, right? Justin Fields, just run. Just run. Do it. Just do it. Fucking Shia LaBeouf, baby. Justin Fields, run the Rock. And we'll be happy. Again, I'm starting them. Am I very confident in it, though? No. Patrick Mahomes, top 12 in both games. Smash spot against the Bears defense. This Bears defense reeks to high heaven. This is not the 85 Bears defense. This is not the Bears defense that carried Mitchell Trubisky into the playoffs. With Khalil Mack and friends. This defense sucks. So, Pat Mahomes, even with a ragtag group of receivers, must start every single week. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Because you waited all day for Sunday night. What a run of games, right? You got the garbage Monday night football from last week. You got Niners versus Giants on Thursday night football. And then, Sunday night, 
You didn't wait all day for Sunday night because no one wants to give up. No one gives a shit about the Kenny Pickett versus Jimmy Guap, Jimmy G-Spot, Jimmy Pornstar. Steelers Raiders reeks to high heaven for the quarterback play. Kenny Pickett might be straight up dog shit. I'm not even kidding. I hyped him up somewhat. He kind of started looking good in preseason, but preseason is a liar. A straight up liar. He stinks. Maybe it's Matt Canada that needs to go. You need to send that fucker to Azkaban. Send him to Guantanamo Bay, okay? I'm sick and tired of Kenny Pickett being screwed by Matt Canada. But it's not just Matt Canada's fault. It's Mike Tomlin for not figuring this out. It's Kenny Pickett for just not reading the defense well. He's reading the defense like Floyd Mayweather tries to read a Dr. Seuss book. Straight trash for Kenny Pickett. Straight fucking trash. Doesn't have Deontay Johnson. The matchup's amazing. This is a wet dream matchup. This is a matchup that if I was a quarterback, I'd be salivating about. It would be crazy to play up against a defense that's as dog shit as the Raiders. But yet, Pickett is so bad, I don't even feel confident enough starting him. Jimmy Guap! Down game in week two. Looked really good in week one. But he gets his boy, Jacoby Myers back. He's got Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. He's got... A tight end, Michael Mayer, right? He's got some guys out there, some dogs. He's going to be all right every week. But against the Steelers' defense, are you really going to get that cute and start him? No. Now we move to Monday Night Football. Doubleheader yet again. I guess we were lucky to have a doubleheader last week because the Carolina Panthers and Saints game was so bad that getting the Steelers versus Browns, that also sucked. It, it just was way better than the first time. So it's like, oh my gosh, we got some good football, but it really wasn't that good. But again, everyone complains about primetime. I complain about primetime. Let's be honest. If we could get the Steelers versus Raiders to play in like July, when I would do crazy things to watch a football game or like May around my birthday, right? I want to watch football. I'd watch that garbage. That Colts game from last year where there was like four points scored. Colts versus uh, Broncos, right? And it goes like quadruple overtime, right? I don't even think that's possible. I don't even think there is quadruple overtime, but it felt like quadruple overtime. That game sucked ass. And yeah, everyone watched that. And I would have done crazy things to watch that in like May if it was live, right? So again, while I do complain about things, I'm a football guy at heart. I love football, so... It is what it is. I watch anyways. Even if I will besmirch the name of some of these games, I'm watching. Uh, Jalen Hurts, starting him every week. Don't even think twice about it. Defense, better than people give him the credit for, but Hurts going to be just fine. Could be the quarterback one against any defense. Then we got Baker Mayfield for the Bucks. He's a sit, but he's been looking really good and is close to being a start up against a banged-up, potentially, Eagles defense. I just like other starts better than him, but again, if you want to be like, Nick, I'd rather start Baker over Jordan Love, Nick. I kind of like Baker better than... Who's another guy? Like, even like Watson, right? Or I like him better than Purdy. I wouldn't even say that's that crazy to, to say. So again, he's a sit, but you had to start him. There's a lot worse options. And if you have Joe Burrow, and Burrow, it's like, ah, oh, is he going to play right? It's, it gets close to like, we got to wait until Monday to figure things out. Then Baker's like the perfect pickup. Because you'll know by the time this game starts, the Eagles versus the Bucks, you know, that game's coming right afterwards, so you can just put Baker in if Joe Shiesty isn't able to play. Final game here, speaking of Joe Shiesty, Rams at Bungles, Super Bowl rematch for two years ago, Monday Night Football, part dose, 
Uh, I'm starting Matty Snapback. He has looked good thus far. Bengals defense doesn't look great. I, I just like Stafford in this spot, even without Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford has been pretty solid. I didn't really love Stafford going into this season. I worried about his back and his neck injury, but he he's proven to be looking good. Puka looks good. Tutu looks good. Howard Williams looks good. Tyler Higby looks good. So Stafford should be fine here, and this could be a higher-scoring game if Joe Shiesty is able to play. Speaking of Joe Burrow, dealing with calf soreness. If he plays, you're starting him. Obviously, hasn't been great through the first two games, but he didn't draft Joe Burrow in the fucking fourth round, potentially, to sit him. If he's out, then Jake Browning is in. Vikings legend Jake Browning, who the fuck is that guy, will be the QB1, and obviously you can't start him, so that's why Baker's a good insurance plan. If we get all the way to, say, Sunday, and we still don't know if Joe Burrow's gonna be able to play or not, so thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you wanna follow me on Twitter, please do so, at NotoriousFNTSY. You wanna check out my Patreon for my weekly rankings, as well as answering every single question on there. Check it out, link in the video description or in the pinned comment. For $7.50 50 cents a month. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy!